coffee with Casey. Take a little time and see how the market's doing and talk about some of the market strategies and how they're working out. Um, so today we're going to talk about the reset, hitting the reset button. You know, doing real estate is extremely emotional. It's emotional for the sellers, for the um, the buyer agent, for the buyers. I mean, it's very strenuous out there. There's a lot of money at stake. Most people don't sell their houses, but once every, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. So it's clearly an emotional time, all right? And um, so on our team, um, you know, I'm basically the listing agent and then I have alt agents and they're working with the buyers and buyer agents and, you know, communicating with sellers and things like that. That's what's called the front line, right? For them, it's emotional because they're in the middle of it. They have, you know, they're really involved and, and um, you know, they're doing what's in the best interest of the seller and they're trying to empathize with the buyer and the agent to the extent that we can get a feel for them and understand what we can learn to benefit our sellers. <clears throat> so it's very, very um, tough transaction. I mean, we do a lot of them and they go smooth, but I can tell you that there are um, things that will um, disarm uh, very tense situations, right? So with that, I'm gonna to talk to all the agents and, and even the sellers and, and our agents in that you need to hit a reset button, right? So, so I'm not involved emotionally in any of this. And for purposes that are, are very obvious that I can't become emotionally involved with every house. I need to stay out of the fracas. Then when there is a problem, easily step in, hit the reset button, redirect everything in a, in a non-emotional way and say, this is the way we're gonna do it. And then everybody kind of gets back on the same page, right? It's difficult for all agents because, you know, they're, they're going day by day by day by day. They're dealing with a lot of agents. There's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. So, uh, so that's why it's important that, you know, that I stay out of that or your listing agent stays out of it. If your listing agent doesn't have somebody they're working with to handle all of this, they're taking the brunt of all that emotions. And there are a ton. So then they become involved in the emotional decision. So let's talk about the reset button. We have one. Um, how, when does that come into account? Okay, well, we had two of them this week where we really needed to reset the, you know, hit the reset button. One of them was um, we put a house on the market. Um, we looked at the uh, predictive analysis. It was not getting any uh, love. We only had two people that were going to show the property. So we moved the price back to uh, 1.35 from 1.4 million. With that, that did hit the right buyer pool. That did encourage, you know, a lot of showings, a lot of showings. And before you know it, we have contracts that are exceeding 1.55 million or 200,000 over what we were asking for the property. So when I sit back, and I can just read stats and give those directions, then that's good. So, so you know, and then times come with some of these properties where um, something will go wrong. Like uh, a buyer will do something that antagonizes the seller or the seller may do something trying to antagonize the buyer. So, so what we do is we go back to the beginning and we work forward and this is the protocol, this is the protocol, this is the protocol. 
And in this situation, which is a customary situation, happens all the time, this is how we handle it. This is how we get through it. This is the procedure that we do to get through it. And again, um, it's easy when you're not in the middle of the woods, right? It's easy to sit outside. Like we say, uh, we coach uh, football in Vienna and there's a hill up there where all the coaches stand and watch the game. And we call that genius hill because those guys on the hill are freaking geniuses when it comes to telling us what we're doing wrong in the field. So, you know, basically my point is step up on genius hill and I'm watching things go on. So it's easy for me to step in and say, let's go back, let's do a recheck. I mean, come on, we made $207,000. Um, you know, we're, we're not gonna quabble over a couple grand, right? We wanna just get this thing through, we wanna show goodwill. Um, if they don't show us goodwill back, that's fine. Um, it's, they're gonna need us down the road to show them how everything works. So they're, they're probably not gonna get that help, right? And we'll make sure and, and this one thing I want to remind you, everybody right now has a security deposit, right? Because they're all having rent backs, right? So everybody's going back and they're renting back the place. Da, 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 da. So the buyers are going to need to know about that house. They need to know about the warranties. They need to know about, you know, how to turn on the sprinkler system, who does their lawn, who, who in that neighborhood does uh, the windows, you know, a whole list of things they can really use. Who are the neighbors? You know, what, blah, 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 blah. So anyways, it's always a very nice conversation to have with the buyers and the buyers do appreciate that help. That conversation happens after we get our security deposit back. So, so we're not gonna, um, when we're renting back for 60 days, have the new buyers in, have cocktails and walk them through the whole house and tell them how it goes, only to have the buyers nitpick when you leave and try and get a portion of that deposit, right? Yeah, that's not a part of the policy. Policy is <clears throat> we're gonna do our rent back and whatever money's at risk, whatever money's in deposit, just everyone remember, nobody gets that money unless everybody signs off on those documents. That money can just sit in that thing and rot, but it's not going to anyone unless everybody signs off on it. So we wanna really, we wanna show goodwill we want to do what it takes, but we also want to have the leverage of, you know, if there's going to be any argument about the security deposit, <clears throat> we, we don't have any communication afterwards. We don't have any help from the sellers afterwards unless we've already cleared the deposit, period, and we get our deposit back. That's when we set up and go in. So, so just remember, if you are um, doing rent backs, instruct your sellers. Uh, as we instruct ours, there's no communication. There's no sharing of information. Yes, we put out warranties when we're selling the house, but that's only because it's one of the four steps we take to avoid a home inspection. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. So let's stay back on the reset button. So <clears throat> the reset button also is going to start coming now, right? Whereas before you put a house on the market, the house sells. You have seven, eight, 10 contracts. There used to be 15 contracts. Now there's six contracts. Sometimes there's no contracts, right? So now what happens? We hit the reset button, right? We did our predictive analysis. We did it, we check our marketing. We saw the marketing, 14,000 people have seen it. We wait for the mom backs to come back if they don't buy it the first weekend, that goes two weeks. We open it up to everybody that is going to, um, that may have another house to sell. In other words, you know, a lot of people 
have a house to sell, but you can't buy a house today if you have a house to sell. Not true. Now, if a home stays on the market for two or three weeks, now we instruct sellers, let's start considering taking on those, um, those contracts, right? Because if our home proves to be difficult to sell, maybe they've got a home that's easy to sell. And we can identify that really, really fast. So you know, the next part of the protocol is that. Now, after that, after you've gone 30 days, after you've made sure you've had a ton of audience, after everybody's gone through, after eh, all the boxes are checked, it's the price. Not advertising newspapers, not advertising, you know, in other places, they've seen the house. We've seen the house, it's price. Now we gotta talk about the price, right? So that's 30 days. Now, have we had to talk price in, we normally talk about the price at the predictive analysis period, coming soon before we launch. But, you know, we're gonna start seeing, this is not extraordinary, we're gonna start seeing houses that may go 30 days and don't sell, it's the price. Not anything else, it's the price. So at that point, you do have to, a, go temp off the market because that flushes out anybody that's been watching the property. They may be watching it to see when the price drops. So when we go temp off, you should get about two or three phone calls from agents. Those are the interest. Those are the really interested agents. And they say, what's going on? It's like, well, we're getting ready to drop the price. Really? Yes. We need a bigger buyer pool. This usually stimulates uh, much more buyers and brings us in contracts within the first seven to 10 days. And sometimes the price goes right back. I mean, we did a 1.65, we dropped it to 1.6 and the contracts came in and we got 1.65. So <clears throat> sometimes it goes right back to the list price, but it's time to drop the price. So we give those three agents the opportunity. You can get, bring us in your highest and best offer before we open this up to open bidding at another price range. So that's kind of a, a warning or a threat, it is a threat that we're gonna drop the price. I'm sorry, but I need dry this morning. So, so let's, so again, reset. We've done A, we've done B, we've done C, it's time for D. No ifs, ands, and buts, it's time for D, right? And the D is temp off, notify everyone. Hey, if nobody calls, then nobody's looking. Then you better get to one, you know, you better get to the next lowest number, right? So, so again, hitting the reset, get out of here, dogs. Jeez, such a popular guy in my house. Actually, I'm not. We just found out this week, we are number one in Fairfax County. I'm gonna show you some weird statistics here in a minute. But when I come home, I'm about number six, you know? So anyways, you can be number one at Sanford Properties, number one in Vienna, number one in Fairfax County, but you go into your house, you're number six, right? You are a, you are just a worker bee. So anyways, that's the reset button, whether it's on a listing where you, you know, that hasn't sold, you got to go back and take it, take it forward, or you're in the middle of a transaction. Now, I'm going to tell you this, a lot of the agents, um, a lot of the agents will call me from Samson and say, here's a problem. How do I, how do we resolve this? It's a very small problem. It's a very small problem. So let's, what you have to do is you have to go back to bedrock. You have to go back to the beginning. You have to go back to start. Okay. So <clears throat> sometimes 
you know, they bring me in, sometimes they don't, but, but you go back to the beginning and say, okay, let's work the checklist and this is the way it works and get everything. And then you'll find out from all of this that really what you're arguing about, a, um, somebody wants to clean some, um, somebody wants to clean some, what do you call it? You know, the vents, they want the vents clean. Or they had a homeowner inspector look at something, they want something stupid, right? So then we get to that and once you restart it, then it makes that a very small part of the whole transaction. You pull the emotions out of it. You say, this is the proper way to move forward. And <clears throat> this is our pint of blood. And then you can do that. Now it is very difficult for an agent working by themselves that's actually going through all these home inspection things. They get frazzled like everybody else. They get worn out like everybody else. It really does take fresh eyes to come in and take a look at it, okay? And that's why I think that our, our, you know, theory of, you know, having one listing agent and then six professionals that work with him and, and each one takes a couple houses, you know, they are in the trenches, you know, they're awesome. They're in the trenches, but sometimes it just takes clear eyes to come in and say, all right, you know, this is how we're going to reset this. Okay. Um, so let me show you, let me just show you a few things. And I know we usually talk about market stats um, and um, uh, you know, where we are in the market. You know, we're in the second part of, um, we're in the second part of uh, the spring. So the first spring starts on the 15th of uh, January and it goes to about the 15th of April. But in April, Everybody goes wearing spring vacations, Easter, Mother's Day, and of course, Cinco de Mayo, which is today, a big holiday. Um, but there are things out there, Memorial Day is coming up. So, so the second part of the spring from April the 15th to let's say June 15th, you know, that is a little bit more um, bumpy, okay? It's a little bit more bumpy. So before in the first spring, we had 45 people that were favoring a house. Now you would have 14. So is the market gone? No, the market is still here. But I will tell you that, you know, the second part is changing. In the beginning, in January, 78% of the homes on the market were under contract. Right now, 68% of the homes are under contract. So it just, you know, it's, it's just a lot, you know, to be honest with you, it's a lot more, um, we like selling in the first spring, right? Still take advantage of the second spring, but we do like that first spring. All right, so let's look at this. Let's go to, uh, when, when, when we talk about resetting the, um, when we talk about resetting things, right? And you have one listing agent who steps back and he can make sure everything is, you know, works fine, like, like our system is doing. This is the list of agents, the top agents in Fairfax County, okay? So right now, out of 3,661 agents that have made a sale in Fairfax County, our team is number one, right? And our theory is, you know, small team, six agents, one listing agent, three support staff, right? So in second place of this, uh, of, of Fairfax County is a group called the Reynolds team. Now the Reynolds team, they have 101 agents and they have 
45 or 50 people that support these agents, right? And, and I've seen finance officers, operations officers, you know, chief intelligence, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? And they've done about 80% of what we've done in Fairfax County. Now you can hear them on WMAL, you can hear them on um, whatever that is, 106.7. They're on there all the time. That's a big team. So I don't know who on a big team steps in to resurrect things, right? And, and if you look down, then you have some other people that may be working as individual agents, right? Well, when an individual agent is in the middle of the fray, right, that gets a little um, tenuous too because they're in the middle of it. They're a participant, right? They're not somebody from the outside looking in that can give directions and protocols on how these things move forward. But this is when I found out, very surprised, but still came home, didn't feed the dogs on time. And again, number six, right? So number one in Fairfax County, number six at home. So this is uh, Vienna, right? So <clears throat> there's 1,413 agents in Vienna. And again, sometimes um, when you need to authenticate something or you need to reset, I go all the way back to this. If I have maybe a divorce couple, I met with the wife and not the husband or the husband and not the wife, and you need to authenticate what we're saying is true, right? We don't wanna make any mistakes. Then you have to go back here and you have to say, look, number one in Fairfax County, number one in Samson Properties. This is for the, uh, this is for the year in Vienna. And then here is year to date in Vienna where we're about four times bigger than any other agent or team in Vienna. So, so this lets them feel comfortable that the information that we're going to give them, you know, they can trust this information and it's going to help. Because let me tell you, when you're in the middle of a divorce and 25% of our transactions are divorces, we run into this all the time. You need to authenticate to the wife and you need to authenticate to the husband. And sometimes you need to authenticate with the court that this is the proper tactic. Now I've seen more people fight and lose money, like lose a ton of money because they're fighting and it's emotional. And so it's like, no, 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 no. We need to reset, we need to reset. So, so these numbers, will authenticate the fact that whatever we say you should do, you know, this is the proper way to do it. So this is, will also show them um, the track record, right? So from January 21 to March 22, now I'm talking to the Samson agents. If you don't have this kind of stuff, that's fine, but you do have a track record or you better get one. You need to know what you're doing. I don't care if it's, you just sold one home in their neighborhood and this is how well you did. You need to prove to a husband, a wife, both the courts, the appraisers, you need to prove that you know what you're talking about, okay? There is a $100,000 at stake here. I mean, there's at least $100,000 at stake with every deal we do. And if I'm wrong, it's $200,000 at stake. I mean, think about the transaction we just had. It was priced for 1.4 million. It had two showings. So if it doesn't sell, then the price goes to high 1.3s, right? But if you're smart enough and you do a predictive analysis and you drop it to a bigger buyer pool, 1.3 million, right? Then you get 20 showings, people fighting over the house and $1.557 million. That's 200, it's at least a $207,000 swing, right? So, and it could have been more, 
the house sits on for a long time, it could be more. So, so doing it the right way, you need to convince your sellers or the courts or the spouse that, you know, uh, that may or may not be, you know, I've been, I've seen them all, right? So we need to stop, reset and say, see the one on the right, that's the days on market for all the houses. See the list price, see the close price, see the premiums, right? You can see that we're getting a premium on all these houses. These are all over a million dollars, so they're all qualifiers. So that's a lot of houses. Now, if we don't, when we do a predictive analysis, and we say you gotta go from here to here, if you don't go down, this is what happens, right? You go from getting 130% of assessment and getting premiums to no premium or even less than you're going to get. And that hurts, right? So, so we also have to, when we reset, say we need to, I'm going to go back from this because I'm really not cool with that. Um, when you go back, you need to, uh, you know, and again, when we have our Tuesday morning talk and we have to readjust that price down, it's hard, right? That's the right decision. It's, it's really hard because you really wanted that bigger number. But then this kind of, again, in a reset, these are the people up top that drop their price. That's their days on market. That's their premiums, right? That's their premiums. So those that don't drop, that's their premiums. So we really wanna make sure that when you come through, right? When you come through, that you authenticate to whoever you're talking about prior to listing that, because how many agents were there being a 1400 that sold something last year, right? There's 3,700 agents that sold something in Fairfax County. So what does that tell you? There's 3,700 different opinions. Everybody's got an opinion. I mean, if you're in real estate and you're an agent, you have an opinion on everything, right? So how do you know as a seller, how do you know as a seller that that's the right opinion? How can you trust me? How do you, I'm going to tell you how to do things. How do you know? Why well, shoulder surgery and I didn't get a chance to look at the track record of my surgeon. And, you know, that's just the way the doctor industry is. You got to go off of, you know, what people tell you. But I couldn't authenticate that he was the best doctor going. You know, you go to an accountant. I have no way to authenticate that you get the people the most money. Whatever you do, you know, it's very difficult to authenticate something or somebody's opinion. I would love to have uh, the, whoever the guy is that calls the draft, say this guy's going to be uh, drafted here. I'd love to see that guy's track record. Mel Kuyper, whoever he is, right? Because whatever people say, so a lot of times doesn't happen. Where's your track record? I want to know. Are you right 20% of the time, 15% of the time? Because you're wasting my time. Unless you're right 95% of the time, we got nothing to talk about, right? So in real estate, you can authenticate the track record of who you're talking about. I know everybody's got an opinion. Let me give you a perfect example. I walk in, person's talked to three agents. All three agents said it's stage property. All three. All three. So our opinion is don't stage the property. 
right? Because we don't stage any of our properties. We come in, we prepare the property, we use your furniture because to, to stage a house is a three month contract, right? Our average sales in five days. So what are we gonna do with the other two and a half months, three months? So if they say that I need to know who they are and what their track record is, I need to know what their track record is. So combined, they had sold last year $8 million in real estate and we had done 135. And half of their homes have withdrawn unsold, all of our sold. So, so I guess, you know, you're going to hear other opinions and agents, Samson agents, again, a lot listen to this. You need to authenticate who you are and that your opinion counts and your opinion matters. And for that, I tell you, that you need to build a track record. And if you haven't got a track record, you need to build it with somebody else or you need to go to somebody that has a track record, work with them and then couple in and, and work as if you're their track record because you're getting their guidance. So, so if you don't have a track record, find somebody who is and then their track record becomes your track record because they're overseeing it. And then once you've done two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight deals, now those deals were your deals. Now you can do things on your own with those eight transactions. Now you have a track record. So if you don't have one, get one. And you know, to be honest with you, if you don't have a track record, then that means you don't know how to prepare a house, price a house, market a house, um, handle a uh, contract, listing protocols, contract protocols. Uh, what do you do if there's a home inspection? What do you do if it doesn't sell? How do you know you have the right, you know, all of that stuff goes into it. If, you know, I know real estate's an easy industry to get into and people take a, a test, it ain't easy. There's hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake and it's very complicated. So you need to work with a professional and if you're not, you need to be a professional. So let's talk about the four things that our sellers do, or we recommend that they do to avoid a home inspection, right? We don't want a home inspection. No offense, we don't want home inspection. And because it's almost like about five years ago, it turned from a home inspector telling you how to, you know, all the things about your house and what to do. And when you get in, maybe you might want to put some insulation up there. It almost became more of the home inspectors were trying to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I'll think of it later, probably think of it tonight. They're trying to get money from the seller. Um, they're trying to get as much as they can from the seller. And they see that as their badge model. I got the seller to give, a, uh, give them a new roof. I got the seller to give them this. I got the seller to give them that. That's the way they talk. So what you really did was you blew up a transaction for your client because we're not gonna do a new roof, right? And we're not gonna put in $20,000 like you ask, and we're not going to hit this 80 uh, item list that does it. So, so, you know, it, it just went from helping buyers understand the house and telling what they should do when they get the house to trying uh, to get money out of the sellers. And I think that that's wrong. So four things we do to avoid that situation, right? The first thing we do is if we prepared the house right and we priced it right and we have 60 people come through the house and we have 17 contracts, we're not gonna have a home inspector. That's the first thing we wanna do. Second thing we wanna do 
is we want to take all of our manuals out and we want to, you know, get the manuals and make sure we have a little three ring binder um, where we have warranties and, you know, all of that stuff. So, so the more it looks like we have um, prepared the house and we take good care of it and we have maintenance records on, the more you have of that, the less they're going to worry about home inspection, right? And then the, the other thing you want to do is you want to make sure that if there is like a home inspection, let's say you're not getting um, 10 contracts and maybe the one contract you, you have, maybe they, you know, want a home inspection. Well, we're not going to do a home inspection, but I'll tell you what we will do. We will do a warranty and a warranty means that when you walk in the store for one year, everything is covered. So I'm just saying that right now we're just saying everything is covered, right? So, um, you know, by, by identifying or by giving a warranty out that really helps soften the blow or give them some sense of security that they know that they don't have to have a home inspection. The, the fourth thing you want to do is on your listing, you know, we have what's called a hot sheet and the hot sheet is what is the age of everything in this house? So the furnace is two years old, but the HVAC unit out there is 13 years old. Okay. Their useful life is 12 to 16 years. So knowing the price, knowing the price that you may have to budget in that this is going to have to be done or that's going to have to be done or whatever it is, it's all negotiated in the price of the house. Back in the day when we had a home inspection, we said, um, it was on the market for 1.25. They bought it for 1.2. Person did a home inspection. They came back. They need $50,000 worth of items. I said, that's fine. You already got it. It's like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, here's the thing that shows. My pricing model says this house worth 1.25 million. We put out for 1.25 million. And because of its condition, you got 1.2 million. So you got $50,000 off. You've already been paid 50,000. We're not going to give it to you twice. Because if I fixed all these items, it would be go for more than 1.25 million. So they agreed. I think we settled for some lawn furniture and a gnome. Actually, they didn't get the gnome. They wanted the gnome, we didn't get the gnome. Um, they got a little cheap water, uh, um, furniture out in the backyard. So those are the four things you want to do to avoid a home inspection. If you get into a pinch, first, make sure you price it, prepare it correctly, and get tons of contracts. Then make sure you have a warranty book that has everything you've paid for in that house uh, in that warranty book. Look like you're the most anal prepared seller of all time, right? So that's two. Three, give them a warrant, offer a warranty and say, hey, I'm not gonna do a home inspection, but I'll give you a warranty. Sometimes the $600 you pay for a warranty is, is will save you $10,000 you know, $10, on a home inspection, okay? Or could kick the contract out. We don't want it to kick out. So $600, fine. Sometimes they'll offer a two-year warranty. I'll pay two years, that's 1200 bucks, right? Okay. And, th and then the last thing you wanna do is just make sure that you've declared how old everything is and everybody knows it going in, that's negotiated in the price and that's the way you do it. So today we've talked about how to reset things. We've talked about how team works. You know, one person's in the trenches, one person is not that lets them have much better visibility of each transaction. And when there is a hitch, you reset, come in, 
and now everything makes sense and away we go. So that is the way to do it. You've seen that a, person, a group of six agents can beat a, a team of 102 agents doing it just that way. That team, that number two team, they're Fairfax County. That's their headquarters. They spend $150,000 a month on advertising and we do 20% more than they did in Fairfax County. So, you know, that's a good way to work, uh, work that thing through. So the reset button is a big deal. And once again, this week, by using a predictive analysis, by going from 1.4 to 1.35, a seller got $207,000 over asking price. 200,000 more than they would have got had we gone off at the improper number. So the predictive analysis, if you're looking for the game changer, the star of the show, uh, our secret sauce, our secret weapon, that's it. All right. My name is Casey Sampson. You've been listening to Coffee with Casey. I'm here every Thursday. I will not be here next Thursday. We're going to head on down to Nashville and listen to some good old country music and have a good time. So I won't be here next week, but uh, the following week I'll be here and we'll do our May updates and see if that inventory is coming back. See you again next week. If you're looking for me, I'm at 703-508-2535. If you want to know what your house is worth, just text me, 703-508-2535. You want to drop me an email? It's Casey at CaseySampson.com. And if you want to see any of our podcasts like this, just go to CaseySampson.com slash podcast. Julie does a great job of getting all of these up online. See you next week. Or no. I'm going to Nashville. We're all party. All right, see you guys.